Welcome to the House of Black. Tread lightly, gentlemen. All right, we got some wrestlers that come out. That's that. Trying to restore order, but... Oh, my God! That was Fuego Del Sol. He just knocked him out. Damn it! It doesn't make any fucking sense! How the fuck did this happen? I repeat, how the fuck did this happen? Nobody just suddenly puts Fuego on television like that, just against Malachi? Flipping Malachi? <laughs> there has to be connection, there has to be some sort of thing, because AEW likes to make a ton of things make sense. What is... What is the connection here? There has to be something that makes sense here. Uh, wait. Malachi's name in Hebrew means, uh, what is it again? Uh, messenger. It means messenger. And what, what greater message is there than Fuego? As Fuego appears on AW Dark, AW Elevation, he, he appears everywhere, even on Sammy Guevara's vlogs and what what does he do on Sammy Guevara's vlogs? He he wrestles and that's that's exactly what AEW Dynamite's about. It's all about wrestling. It's TNT. And what does TNT require? Requires fire. That's it. That's it. it requires fire. That's a, that that makes perfect sense. That's why Fuego's there. That's why he was wearing a Nightmare Family jacket because the messenger was to the nightmare, it was about the dreams, and when you think of dreams and you think of fire, you think of, you think of the sky, you think of the planets, you think of an entire galaxy of things, and what, what is the most important thing about a galaxy, it's, a, it's the black holes, it's the spins, it's the, it's the circularization of a, of a deep entrenching secret, and that is that he hits the tornado DDT, it all makes perfect sense, it all makes perfect sense! The tornado spins and it spins and it spins and it goes through the black hole, emphasizing that Fuego is the biggest threat in professional wrestling and that anything he can do can change the world, indicating that he is ready for TNT. He will ignite TNT because he is signed to TNT. He is all elite. Or he could have just been kicked in the head. I... I think I need to lie down. Ladies, gentlemen, and lady gentlemen, my fictional friends, welcome to this week's episode of the Wrestling With Fiction podcast, the podcast where I pitch to you storylines from the good to the bad to the downright insane. My name's Connor, and in case you missed it, I messed up my bit. So yes, we are starting off fantastic this week as we talk about someone who really deserves a win, just like me trying to nail my intro, and that's Fuego Del Sol. The boy, the man, the myth, the legend, future AEW world champion, you don't know. But what we do know is he should be all elite. Now I am a man fully invested in the hashtag please sign Fuego campaign. And for me, there's only really one big storyline you need to tell with Fuego, and that's how on earth is he gonna get signed to AEW? I think as of right now, he's at 1 and 35. He has not won a singles match in AEW up to this point. And really, I think we should change that, shouldn't we? So that is the main topic of this episode. It might be a bit shorter. It might be a bit longer. We're going to see how the F this goes because like Fuego, everything he does is pure fire. I don't know why I said that, but we're keeping it in. We're keeping it in. So with that out the way, I think Fuego is a fantastic talent. I, I love his stuff on the Sammy Guevara vlogs, which is the huge inspiration for this episode. So... Be prepared for me to reference some couple bits 
in the next segment and you know in the storyline stuff we'll we'll get to it as things get there so without further ado i think we should just get straight into this you know just like fuego from louisville alabama we interrupt this program to inform you that i indeed got fuego del sol's hometown wrong it is mobile alabama i darn goofed we need to just we need to master our version of the Tornado DDT and spin ourselves round into talking about Fuego's career in AEW in about four minutes. So, uh, let's get straight into this. Okay, so... There isn't really much to talk about involving Fuego's AEW career, so, uh, debuting on AEW Dark in June 2020, Fuego ended up having a series of competitive, long-formed matches against the likes of Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, uh, there's a lot, but we're not gonna go every single one, and for the sake of brevity, he lost nearly every single one, again, and again, and again, and again, until eventually, in July 2021, Fuego would pick up his first win on AEW with the Tornado DDT, teaming with Marco Stunt against Ryzen and Baron Black. Now, there's a bunch of other stuff that I you may have noticed I left out, because it's a whole different section. Let's talk about the vlog crew for a second. Fuego de began debuting at the same time on Sammy Guevara's YouTube vlogs involving him Griff Garrison, Marco Stunt, and many others, including five from the Dark Order. He would go on to have a series of well-remembered feuds and interactions with the likes of Dustin Rhodes, QT Marshall, one that led to a fantastic match between the pair, and his relationship with Cody Rhodes, one that would be, be building and building and building, with him showing his precise nature of the Tornado DDT. While still unsigned, Fuego de Solim started competing in Cody Rose's own Friend Olympics. The Friend Olympics being whoever wins earns themselves the Nightmare Family Jacket and potentially signed to the AEW roster. Fuego competed against the likes of Kylan King, Preston Vance and Baron Black which is still going on to this day. Now with the end of the Dailies Play situations in the 9th of July 2021 there were many fears that Fuego would not be continuing on the AEW's active roster. But from this point, he's continued to be a frequent part of AEW Dark and AEW Dark Elevation, taking on some of more and more well-established talent within the roster. At this time, Fuego is currently unsigned to AEW and the promotion itself, but still frequently used on AEW Dark, AEW Dark Elevation, and a frequent member of Sammy Guevara's vlog, still competing in the AEW Friend Olympics to this day. The question of whether he's going to be signed is still in question, but based on his recent interactions aiding people like Dustin Rhodes and Cody Rhodes against the likes of Nick Kamaroto and Malachi Black, the situation feels likely. Or at least I think it is. So, yes, that is kind of the end of this segment with the music still playing. I would go into all the specifics of the feud with Fuego and QT Marshall, which was the whole thing that built up to more of a rise of popularity for Fuego and getting over the power of the Tornado DDT. But if we're being real here, if we want to get over Fuego to the masses, we need to take elements of that, but not the whole thing. So with that in mind, I think as this music is still playing, as we're still contemplating what we're going to do with Fuego. That was a very short, brief history in establishing what Fuego is. I think it's time that we talk about what we can do with Fuego. Now that we have a, a very brief kind of summarized talk about what Fuego is currently doing right now, his history with the promotion. So I think we need to get to the next segment. And for many of you long-time listeners, you'd know that the next segment is the tagline. So for those who don't know what the tagline is and you're new to this podcast, the tagline is my 30 word summary slash process explaining segment of the show where I tell you kind of the goals of our wrestler of the week and how we, 
it's going to work in a wrestling storyline. Think of it like a summary that you would see on Netflix or on Crunchyroll, because I'm going to keep saying this, WWE has a Crunchyroll series coming out. I don't know when, I don't know how, but for some reason, it flippin' exists! So, without further ado, I believe it's time that I ask myself, the person who firmly corrected myself about Mobile, Alabama, to cue the music, future me! Right, so, I can immediately tell there might be some detractors to the idea that Fuego should be signed. I get it, he's a guy who, in many circumstances, does not win much. He's not a Brian Danielson, a CM Punk, but not everybody needs to fill that role on the roster. And, for me, the beauty of AEW is that you can have underdogs like Fuego, and they can get over by just being the underdogs in the fight. Look at Marco Stunt, for example. A guy who I think is super underrated. He does not win every single match. And by proxy, he doesn't really need to. Because he makes you believe that he can win despite his size, skill, and ability. It's, it's the same thing with Fuego. Fuego is that grassroots almost to an extent homegrown talent from the AEW Dark and Elevation that has gradually grown a connection to the fans. And I think that's something that's always really important to get because that doesn't happen very often. So for me, the tagline for Fuego this week is struggling to find his place on a roster. A young upstart attempts to hustle his way into the company that he strives to join. Because the beauty of where we are with Fuego right now is that there is such a demand for him to get signed. And it's, it's shown in every single live crowd show that we've had up to this point. The Fuego chants are insane. Have I, yet have I seen people, even before the whole pandemic era of AEW, get a pop the same way that Fuego did on Dark and Elevation. It does not make sense, but for some reason it does. Fuego coming out, even Eddie Kingston is like a ha ha, see Fuego come out. And freaking Isaiah Cassidy or Sammy Guevara's blog was like, bro, he has to get signed. You gotta imagine there's, there's something here, there's something there about the idea of Fuego pushing to get signed by AEW. And then what you want to do for him there, you establish a really good underdog. And that's the beauty of people like Fuego and the beauty of people in his position is that they're the ultimate underdogs. I think that's always great in wrestling. They're, for me, they are the heart and soul of great wrestling matches. Think your Rey Mysterios, your Eddie Guerreros. So many. And for me, Fuego could be another one of those talents. But that is just me. And I realize me just talking like this isn't really going to convince you in a fantasy booking setting. So with that, I think it's time that I, well, shut my mouth for a bit and put my money where my mouth is and try and convince you that signing Fuego could be a benefit. So without further ado, let's let's discuss an idea that I have for Fuego del Sol and how he can be the heart and soul of AEW if given the chance. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to need to temper your expectations for a bit here. So, if anyone's expecting Fire Lord Fuego, uh, yeah, that's not quite going to happen here. The goal of this, as with many other things, is to make Fuego 1 a credible opponent, 2 a wrestler who should be signed by AEW, and 3 just a thing that's more widely recognized and likable to a regular AEW audience member. We're not talking just the Sammy Guevara vlogs. We're not just talking AEW Dark. AEW now is reaching a point where it's at like 
what, 800,000 to a million people in the US? Stuff like that, you need to kind of expand on the character a bit. So I need to ask you, where does this all begin? You may ask. Fuego's story begins actually, apropos, on AEW Dark Elevation. Pretty much this week in kayfabe here, where he would be facing, after being kicked in the face by Malachi Black, Lee Johnson in a match that's kind of a prep for him against Miro. Now, this sounds like a regular AEW Dark match with a, a bit of a twist here. Uh, Cody Rhodes comes out in a kind of like a managerial role for, you know, Lee Johnson is built up to his TNT title match as a person who has won the TNT title match on several occasions. And he comes out holding a, a Nightmare Family jacket, one, one very similar to the one that he held during his Sammy Guevara vlog about the Friend Olympics. It's very different, very simple. And Lee Johnson and Fuego have a, a very competitive match. And the best way that I can describe it is that if any of you listeners remember the Lee Johnson-Ben Carter match from back in AEW's pandemic era of dark, You'd know what that match is, and it's very good. I highly recommend that if you find it, go search for it. It's very good. That's kind of the vibe I'm going for here. A good 10 to 15 minute competitive match where you see Fuego and Lee Johnson exchange pump kicks and enziguris. And the match ends on a Tornado DDT being countered into a blue Thunderbomb, really showing the strength of Lee Johnson, the speed and power, and also pulling off the story that if Fuego hits that Tornado DDT, he will win the match. Very short, very simple. Lee Johnson wins, no issues there. Now, at the end of the match, Lee Johnson celebrates. He gets out the ring and Fuego stands up for a bit. It's the main event of Dark Elevation. We get a clap from the crowd saying, thank you, Fuego. And also a please sign Fuego Chan as Cody walks into the ring holding the, the Nightmare Family jacket. Cody grabs a microphone and he says, You know, life is filled with a lot of paralleled mysteries. Growing up as a grandson of a plumber, I've had to face pressures that many would run away from at the very sight of it. But never in my career have I met a man so unwilling to give up than this man standing in the ring. Fuego, some of you may or may not know the history I have with this man, but for the past year, this man has been putting in the work. In the ring, outside the ring, this man has been working to be something more than just Alabama's favorite luchador. He's working to be more than just an AEW Dark Elevation member. He's looking to go from undesirable to undeniable. Fuego, I've had my differences with you. In fact, on several occasions, I've even despised you. But all roads lead to AEW, and all roads could be leading you to... And just as he's about to say something, the Fat Trees music hits. QT Marshall, Nick Camaroto, and Aaron Solo walk down to the ring. We see QT Marshall in his comedically large bowling shirt. Simply just grab the microphone and say, are, are you kidding me? You're, you're really doing this? Having a pity party in order to distract the people from your business. You think that just because you slapped a couple little corners on the post that this was over? And now you just want to divert your attention away to this guy. The, the guy who just you keep on insisting should get booked and booked again. But what has Fuego really done, Cody? What, what has he really done, this undersized, underappreciated, just quite frankly, lackluster luchador? Fuego, I don't know what this platinum blonde phony has been feeding you, but... Everything he says is pure lie. Do you think he respects you? You have never deserved to be here. Nobody believes in you, Fuego. Because you are a loser. I'm not saying that as hyperbole, by the way. 
Don't tell me you have not seen the numbers. One in 35? That's a record worse than Brandon Cutler. Isn't it strange why so many peers of yours have already passed you by? Why they've all been given the graphic all elite and you haven't? It's because you can't cut it, Frago. It's because you're not good enough. You weren't blessed with the quality of the factory. It's at this moment that Fuego slaps QT in the face and we get a brawl ensuing between Fuego and the, and the factory. And Cody Rhodes is there as well. We get members like Lee Johnson coming back into the ring to back it all up. And we have just now set up our very first AEW Dynamite match for Fuego. Two weeks from tonight after the grueling, I'm assuming, assault that's going to be put on Cody. We are going to be having a six-man tag team match. It will be Dustin Rhodes, Fuego, and Lee Johnson against The Factory. Now, this goes how you kind of imagine it to go for a lot of Fuego matches. It gets close and seeming like Fuego's going to hit the Tornado DDT, but he just can't quite get it on guys like Nick Camaroto. Aaron Solo is a bit too fast, and QT... Well, QT is kind of a douche, isn't he? So he just kind of gets out of the way. But in all of this, Fuego takes the pinfall loss. It sucks, I know, but it's a way to at first establish him on television. Get him on Dynamite for a bit. Doesn't have to be a big match. Look at what it's doing for Wheeler Utah. That's kind of what we're going for right now. So that all happens. In the next couple weeks, the feud between the Nightmare Factory and the f and the, <laughs> the nightmare factory and the factory continues with fuego kind of being you know mixed in with a lot of the nightmare families kind of groupings you know trying to get the idea that they work well together and for the first time since fuego has been there in about a year we get an AEW elevation spotlight on fuego do sol we talk about just some of his some of his history talking about how he's been associated with just wrestling in general like talk about how much he loves wrestling growing up his many videos featured of him trampoline wrestling in the same veins as matt hardy and all these other well-established talent how he's had these like humble upbringings and we get the story of how he had his life entirely changed from the Semi Guevara vlog. Basically, a lot of the stuff that you'd see on the vlog about him being so grateful about the opportunities he's been given. To really get over that, if Fuego wins a match by himself, it could potentially change his entire life. Really get that across to really make it so, if he does win, it is the most important thing in his life. It doesn't matter if he wins a title or not. It just matters if he can get signed a la think like the Heath Slater storyline back on 2016. That type of thing. So from that, we get an establishment of Fuego's goal. He wants to get signed. He's having these matches with the factory. It should come eventually, right? Well, wrong. He keeps on having these tag matches and he always takes the fall. It's not Lee Johnson. It's not Dustin Rhodes. It's always... Fuego taking the fall every time to QT Marshall in some random way from the diamond cutter to roll-ups grabbing the tights. Everything under the sun gets Fuego. The matches get shorter and shorter. The time he gets in the ring gets even more and more fewer and far between. And it comes to a point where he's having a tag match with Dustin Rhodes and he just doesn't even tag in Fuego. He's there begging for the tag and just no matter what, Dustin, Lee Johnson, whoever he's tagging with just refuses to tag in Fuego. He's becoming, to an extent, a liability to the Nightmare family. We get a backstage segment poster match with the factory where Fuego is asking, why, Pops, why, why didn't you let me in? And of course, Dustin responds just by saying, because you're not getting it. You don't, you're not stepping, you don't. Fuego, do you even want this? Fuego, he obviously just says, yes, of course I do. And Dustin just slaps him in the face. He's like, you don't want this, you 
need this. Stop acting like this is something that you want, but rather something that you need. Do you live and breathe this business? And Fuego just shouts back, of course I do. And Dustin, he doesn't say anything and he just, he walks away. From this point, Fuego starts having more singles matches again against, well, some of Cody Rhodes's past, you know, big threats. Think Sean Spears, Wardlow, and they go as well as you would think for poor Fuego. He gets that awesome corner thing that Wardlow does when he grabs you by the throat and knees you in the face. That knocks him out. He has the thing with Sean Spears where he's put in the sharpshooter and he just can't escape. Fuego is not having a good time at all. And we see his confidence get lower and lower. We get Tony Schiavone trying to talk to him into the ring. And Fuego, he doesn't really respond. In fact, he, he grabs his mask for a second. And he, he just lets go of it. And then he walks away. It's later revealed during the series of segments that Fuego is considering retirement because it feels like no matter what he does, no matter how hard he tries, he just can't get the win. And this is kind of something that's demonstrated even through his ring gear. We start to see those bright fluorescent colors, the reds, the light blues, the gold, slowly just get dimmer and dimmer. We're talking like burgundy, we're talking like a darker shade of blue, we're talking, you know, that sort of like camo green. All the colors that we've associated with Fuego, the hot, fiery baby face starts to just slowly get dimmed even through his own ring attire. It all comes to a head where he says that he's going to be giving a very important announcement on a very special episode of The Waiting Room with Dr. Britt Baker. We see a disheveled Fuego entering the waiting room. Not his best clothes. We're talking something a little bit more patterned and beaten up. We see his hair just like flowing out of his mask. Fuego doesn't seem like he's in good spirits. And so Britt Baker immediately asks, how, how are you doing Fuego? What was this announcement that you were looking to do on this exclusive episode of The Waiting Room? And Fuego just simply says, A lot of you may have been asking why I've not been responding to QT, why I've been so distant lately. So, I, I've been reluctant to say this, so I'm, I'm just going to say how I feel. I've been wrestling for AEW on and off for about over a year. And after all the long drives to Daly's place again and again in times of uncertainty, I've risked my body, my mind, and my time with my family thinking that maybe this is all going to pay off. And, you know, I've, I've been debating some things in my mind and my head. And one of them was a match with QT, because that just seems to be the thing that it always comes back to. It's it's the biggest match of my career. It's the biggest thing that you guys have ever had to see with me. When am I going to face QT again? When am I going to face QT again? You know what? I, I don't know. And it's because... It's because... Barnaby thinks he was right. Oh, every time I come here, it's a tease. I get into the ring with some of the best athletes in the world, fighting for my life, and all because I fear that it could be the last thing that I do. It's scary. It's terrifying. And nine times out of ten, I fall flat on my face. And every time that I think I'm getting better, I'm always cut back down to reality. I fear that I'm I'm just going to fail. Because it feels like no matter what I do, I'm never going to get signed to this company. 
So, it's at this point that I would like to announce as he grabs his mask, the, you know, just where the eyes are, that as of today, I, Fuego del Sol, shall, and just as he's about to say something, Cody Rhodes kicks down the door, and he, and he quickly shouts, What are you doing, Fuego? And Fuego, he, he just kind of looks in bewilderment. He's like, I'm, I'm, Cody's about to say, but nothing. Because you do not deserve to do this. You are the master of the Tornado DDT. And Fuego just says, look, I, I know you believe that and all that type of stuff, but that's really not. Cody interrupts just saying, enough of that. You are a finalist of the Friend Olympics, and Fuego just simply responds, but look, I'm not winning the Friend Olympics, and Cody just shouts, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you're not winning. It doesn't matter that you constantly try and try again and just fall back down, because that's, that's what wrestling is. Wrestling is falling down and getting back up again. That's, that's what I was brought up on with my father, what I brought up with my brother, is that is the American dream. If there's anybody on this roster, aside from me and the Nightmare family that imbues that idea of the American dream, it's you, Fuego. The kid from Mobile, Alabama, who just, no matter what happened, no matter how many times he fell, he always got back up. He showed his face on a vlog. He showed his face on dark. He showed it on elevation. You show your face everywhere because you believed you could do anything. And Fuego just simply just looks disheveled. And Cody slaps him in the face. Listen to me, Fuego. You claim that you are Del Sol. The soul? Well, how about you stop being the soul of just yourself and start... Think about the soul of AEW for a second. There is nobody who encompasses that never-say-die attitude more than you. Fuego, I'm giving you one more shot. Take on QT Marshall on AEW Dynamite next week. And so help me God, if you do not win... Then yeah, you can quit. You can retire. But if you win, if you take that one more shot at glory, you take a chance to be going from undesirable to undeniable, you will be an AEW superstar, Fuego. Because I don't just believe in you. The people believe in you. The groundswell of people saying, Fuego! Fuego, Fuego, it keeps happening. It always keeps happening. It isn't because you're just always on a vlog. It isn't always just because you go into the ring every single night. It's because it's you. It's because you have a connection with these people that not many people have. So I say you get one more shot at the factory, Fuego. And you break down that factory and give them a storm. You give them... A tornado DDT. Fuego immediately just... He, you know, his eyes light up a little bit. We hear the ground swell of Fuego chants. Fuego, 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 Fuego. And QT Marshall steps in and is like, Come on, enough with this again. Fuego, how many times have I had to beat you? To tell you that you aren't worth it. You're not meant to be all elite, Fuego. You're just meant to be just another. And just as he's about to say something, Fuego exchanges blows with QT Marshall. We have a fight on our hands. And we get almost like a brief, you know, glimpse of the Tornado DDT on QT. But it just gets out the way as Aaron Solo gets in the way. QT briskly escapes from the waiting room as we get, for the first time in months, the Tornado DDT. Fuego readjusts his mask, he shakes Cody's hand, and we have ourselves a big match for AEW Dynamite. 
We get video packages building up to it. You know, we get some footage from the vlog. We get some footage from Dark Elevation, Dark. All these things building up to QT Marshall Fuego 2. And the match goes pretty much how a lot of things would go in this type of thing. It's big stakes for Fuego. The Fuego chants are going live in Mobile, Alabama. And we have, of course, QT being the dastardly bad guy spilling coffee on Tony Schiavone as he enters the ring. And we get ourselves our great clash. Fuego early on getting a lot of offense in on QT. He's just a house of fire. His hair cut, the bright colors once again returning to his ring attire. And course we get a referee bump the factory try to interfere there's no way they're gonna let this loser beat QT Marshall as members of the nightmare factory come to get rid of the kerfuffle going on and we get as it looks like Fuego is about to hit a tornado DDT it gets countered into a diamond cutter one two Fuego kicks out at two and a half the crowd can't believe it Cody is freaking slapping on the ringside area you see the vlog crew come down they're all slapping on the side they all want to believe that fuego can do this and as qt marshall sets up for another diamond cutter fuego counters with a kick to the face and he gets the top rope he sees the position and he hits a beautiful tornado ddt for a one two three fuego wins Fuego is given a contract post-match by Cody Rhodes in which he signs it. We see tears flowing down his eyes. We see the vlog crew coming out. And we get ourselves. Fuego signed to AEW. Confetti flying. The crowd chanting Fuego. And Fuego is signed to AEW. And that's how I would book Fuego getting signed. Kind of basic considering it's against QT but I feel like that's the that's the best option you got considering their history that kind of thing how they really built it up on AEW Dark it, to me it makes a lot of sense and giving him a thing with Cody just to me just kind of warms my heart a bit so yeah that's kind of what I would do there now usually for this I go on to something else and quite frankly, I am. So let's play the scenario one more time. Where what would Fuego do if he got signed? So this will likely be a bit of a shorter segment purely because, uh, yeah, there is a hypothetical scenario that Fuego may not get signed. So some of these may not be great to do and kind of inappropriate if he does not get signed so uh I'm just throwing these out there as kind of mini storyline pitches nothing too crazy or drawn out like we do in previous episodes purely because the appeal of this episode is if Fuego will get signed so I'm just going to be giving you a couple of mini ideas I think you could do with Fuego going forward because uh you never know so first idea Fuego teams with Semi Guevara to take on the Young Bucks because uh, if we do not get a live television segment with Guevara and Fuego with the Young Bucks, the battle of the YouTube channels as they've already done over on BTE and with the Semi Guevara YouTube channel, you may even throw Ethan Page's vlogs into the mix. I don't know. Those would be very fun to do. Like imagine like Brandon Cutler during segments. As he's like editing BT in the middle of the show, gets a DMC copyright strike on some of his recent episodes that involve Sammy Guevara and Fuego del Sol, like the inaugural BT Championship, and you get segments of like Fuego and <laughs> Sammy Guevara in like you can call it YouTubers Court as a playoff of like Wrestlers Court, where you have like. The judge residing is Eric Bischoff because he always seems to be in inner circle style segments. And you have it where Fuego and Sammy Guevara demand that they get a tag team title shot against the Young Bucks. Because 
otherwise they're going to be taking down the Being the Elite YouTube channel. And with it, some of you might be saying, why would it not be like Sammy with a member of the Inner Circle? Uh, purely because Chris Jericho is there, and he likely may not be there for long with the whole MGF story. So, yeah, I think you can just chuck in Fuego in there and be his, like, acquaintance. You got the history with the vlog, you got the whole vlog crew dynamic, who are all babyfaces in it of itself now. So, I think it's perfectly fine for that to work. Additionally, it gives the Young Bucks a creative kind of weakness for them that isn't really shown on television at this point because they're now known as EVP's Extremely Violent People. It gives you a very nice, wholesome babyface team for them to go against, which kind of feels like it's rare in AEW right now. So for me, that dynamic really works quite well. Another angle that you could take with them or just Fuego in general, is if you're not going to have him go for the tag titles and, you know, not win, let's face it, he wouldn't win against the Young Bucks, you could go with a very short stint, and some of you might call me crazy for this, against Malachi Black, because, you know, Malachi does need to rack up them wins if you want him to go for like a main event position. You've already shown him on AEW as someone who would be willing to protect Cody. You've shown him as someone who would protect Dustin Rhodes in the main event with Nick Camaroto. So, you could easily just slot him into the Nightmare family because it feels like... It feels like anybody gets into the Nightmare family, right? Like anyone. <laughs> like, I bet if I walked in there and gave myself, you know, one of those like sticker tattoos of the Nightmare family logo, I'd be in the Nightmare family. <laughs> so... Yeah, have him be in there, have the Tornado DDT be counted into a black mess. To me, that sounds like a bloody good time. So, yes, that would be very fun. And if you're thinking, Connor, you're giving him too many big storyline programs, that doesn't feel like it's something that Fuego would do considering he's lost 35 matches, you are absolutely right. Which is why I would quite like to see Fuego actually form the boy band that he has in the Sammy Guevara vlogs and put it on TV as like a couple of like one-off things. Think of it like, you know, free man band, but you pair them all together. So like Griff Garrison, Fuego, and uh, freaking Alan Angels against the Acclaimed. I think that'd be very fun. Just like a segment of them having like rap battles and singing battles where, you know, because Fuego and Griffin, the whole like vlog crew dynamic, such like a beloved babyface group, you could get essentially just sort of like them doing random stuff and getting over with it. I think that would be quite fun. Just them trying to find like a boy band member or trying to recruit a member of the acclaimed into their boy band on AEW. Which, you know, it would be nice to see the acclaimed on Dynamite, which I is kind of the reason why I would consider it. Additionally, it's not too high profile of a feud that it feels like, oh, why is Fuego too high up on the card? What are you doing? And just have the gradual build of Fuego. Keep in mind, I'm not recommending that Fuego wins these feuds. I, as AEW likes to do in a lot of its bookings, it's mainly just to get those gradual wins over time because when you're signed to AEW, you automatically get rises in your record. Look at Will Hobbs, for example, or Griff Garrison, or Brian Pillman. Ho Hollywood Blondes, not Hollywood Blondes, <laughs> the Varsity Blondes are the number one ranked tag team, which is a stark contrast from when Griff Garrison had a 0-20 and 20 losing streak. AEW likes to build up its talent very slowly, and having him be in these big profile positions could really start to get Fuego, even if he is losing, getting that gradual groundswell of attention, which with AEW Dynamite would be a much bigger sort of like audience. So that's kind of what I'm looking for from these random ideas. This may happen, they may not, because uh, there's a chance Fuego may not get signed. But for now, we can only hope, hope that the Fuego gods, the fire gods, the fire nation, uh, Avatar The Legend of Korra, Avatar The Legend of Aang, the Avatar State brings Fuego Del Sol an AEW contract. 
That's all we can hope. Bring across the hashtag please sign Fuego. And let's get into the final segment of this episode. So we head into the final part of this episode. And if you know it very well, then you know that we like to end Wrestlers of the Week when it isn't a fictional character on a little segment I like to call Fantasy Fumble. Fantasy Fumble is pretty much me going off the cuff, trying to improvise an entire storyline in about three or four minutes. And it's, uh, it's always chaos. And as I'm going to keep on saying for every episode of this, you can submit your own Fantasy Fumble suggestions on Twitter at ConnorTheCooper on it on Twitter and on Instagram at WrestlingWithFiction. I nearly messed up my handles. What am I doing? So yes, if you have your own suggestions that you want me to try and book into a storyline in this final segment of the show, you can. And I will have to try and book it in three minutes and sound like an idiot. So if you want to do it, feel free to do it. I want to try and get more interactivity on the podcast. That sounds fun to me. So, without further ado, to give you a good idea of how Fantasy Fumble works, Fantasy Fumble will begin in 3, 2, 1, Fumble! Let the dumpster fire begin! Okay, so, uh, my idea for this is that Fuego is... He's a big fan of Avatar The Last Ebony. You see his Instagram posts, he always says, Hashtag Fire Nation, which means that he is a big fan of Avatar The Last Ebony, specifically Fire Lord Zuko. And particularly in this, he starts learning how to firebend. He tries to get every person on the blog crew to teach him how to firebend, including random fist things. I don't know what, but he's trying to do it. He's trying to teach Alan how to do it. He can't quite do it. He's trying to teach Griff how to do it. He can't quite do it. Marco tried to do it, he can't quite do it, but Fuego seems to think that he can fire fire out of his hands because he's Fuego del Sol, he has a sun on his crest, he has a sun on a mask, I don't even know, he has kids! So yes, every time he goes out for wrestling on AEW Dark and Elevation, he goes in, he does the signature poses of the Fire Nation trying to do fire bending, all this other fun jazz, all the stuff that Aang did that hurt people, it did a thing. He didn't really do it much in Avatar, but you get my point. Fuego does a lot of fire bending attempts, going for it, trying to fire fire, it just ends up being a punch in the face. And Fuego believes he just hit like a fire strike or something, and he starts doing that, and he starts picking up miraculous wind, it's almost like it's a strike of confidence, he believes he's a real firebender. And in doing this he tries to take shots tries to call his spots, he says that there's nobody who can spit fire or shoot fire quite like Fuego del Sol. During this period, he starts to bite off more than he can chew. He starts believing that he is better than his legends, better than the people who even gave him a chance at AEW. Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, because can they hit fire? No, they can't, because when you mess with fire, you always get burned. So he starts doing these things around people and being the elite, Kenny Omega who is just like trying to shave his thing. He tries to say, oh, I can shave it for you with the power of firebending. It doesn't quite work, so Kenny starts complaining. Why aren't you shaving it? You get all these things are great, but he has to go out for a segment. He has to do that now, but he still has the mutton chops. Oh, what are you doing, Fuego? So at this point, he eventually gets a match with Kenny Omega because he wasn't able to shave his face. The conflict continues. They have their big back and forth match, Fuego. Pretending that he hits the fire strike, gets lucky and catches Kenny Omega on the chin. It looks like he hit the tornado DDT until eventually he starts to look at the Titan Tron. He notices something very strange. Even though he thought he could see firebending from his hands, turns out the replay doesn't show it, which means he can't firebend. And then he loses. No! Fuego! Your crisis of confidence! Fuego, Dell, no! Fuego Hotel, no! <laughs> so that... That's a way to end. I wanted to figure out a way to tie in Avatar The Last Airbender, so I'm proud. Uh... Yeah! That's the end. Sorry if this is a shorter episode than you usually expect. Uh, I didn't feel like it was appropriate to pitch storylines for a guy who may or may not be signed to the promotion, potentially. At that point, 
So, I didn't really want to go further than the whole signing. So, that's the reason why a lot of this stuff was a little bit more shorter. A little more random. And it's also because... Uh, quick little plug here. I'm going to be guesting on a thing on Monday. I don't know how. I don't know why. But I am! <laughs> so, on Monday, if you people are fans of great British wrestling podcasts, you will see me... On the Sweet Chinwag podcast, I'm going to be there alongside Dan, Reardon, and Sam talking about the world of wrestling, particularly the anonymous Raw general manager, in which you're going to hear me rebook the anonymous Raw general manager. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be chaotic. I'm terrified. I'm excited and terrified. <laughs> and... Yeah, I have no idea how it's going to turn out. I'm very excited and scared. I've already said that a bunch of times, but I'm repeating it to add emphasis. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be fun. So with that, I'm going to give the traditional outros. I'm still on the road to 2,000 downloads. So if you liked this episode, or if you liked an episode before that, or before that, or even before that, Please consider sharing it with your friends, your friendliest friends, your your closest acquaintances. I don't know what you do. And consider subscribing because it helps me out a ton. It helps out way more than you can imagine. And if you're a listener on Apple Podcasts, Podchasers, or any other fabulous hosting podcast site that allows reviews, consider leaving a review because that helps out more than you can ever imagine. So, with all my shameless corporate shilling that I will undoubtedly flop next week, I'm going to leave it there. So, once again, thank you all for listening. I hope all of you have a lovely day. And remember, everyone, wrestling could always use just a little bit more fiction. See you all. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>